And we're live. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. MMA Uncensored Live. Tonight, uh, I think we're number 17 tonight or 18. One of those. We're going we're gonna to figure it out as we go. But, guys, uh, just want to give a quick thank you and happy Taco Tuesday, by the way. Uh, but special thanks to Ashley Evans-Smith for being on the podcast last week. We had a lot of fun. We talked about her career, her life, uh, her new podcast, uh, which is really cool. Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl. You got to check that out. We even played one of her games, Fuck, Marry, Kill. And if you want to find out my answers to that game, you'll have to tune into last week's episode to find out. Uh, but thank you again, guys. The subscriptions continue to grow on YouTube. The follows continue to grow on uh, on Instagram. It's amazing. So thank you guys so much. Uh, YouTube, obviously, you can hit us up at MMA Uncensored. Uh, and also, obviously, on Instagram, at MMA Uncensored, double underscore. I think we're at like 423,000 followers right now. So truly blessed, grateful, and thankful for you guys to, that are continuing to follow. Uh, tonight, I am very excited to talk to this man because this is – this guy right here, he, he's a real success story, you know, an American dream story, and I love this stuff. And uh, I'm real amped to talk to him. Three-time kickboxing world champion, uh, middleweight champion in Strike Force, UFC alumni, actor, stunt director. The list goes on and on for this gentleman. The one and only Master Kung Lee. What's up, there everyone? He is. Thank you for having me on the show. I, it, it's my pleasure to have you, man. I, I'm a big fan of yours, and and uh, I'm just excited to have you on here. Uh, how's everything going by you with uh, with COVID-19 and all, and all this craziness that's going on? Well, you know, just uh, it's kind of really annoying uh, to be, you know, stuck at home a lot. But um, at first, I really needed it. I needed a little break, right? But now I'm, like, ready to go. You know, I, I needed to get back to Vietnam. But as you see, Vietnam has, like, 300 and something confirmed um, COVID cases, but zero death. And um, been trying to get over there to meet with some investors on my new project, um, this film project I got going. But um, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how the world is on lockdown and we are, you know, about to uh, vote for a new, you know, or vote for the same or new president and mm -hmm. all this craziness is happening. We're talking about vaccines. We're talking about all kinds of different things. You know, it's, it's the question for, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to have for you and, and all the, all the viewers, what are you going to do when, when you can't move around or you can't travel, you can't do things without having a vaccination and guess mm -hmm. who's uh, providing the vaccination. Yours truly bill. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful. You don't know what you're going to get in that vaccination. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's scary times, man. It's scary times. You know, the world, everything that's going on, you know, uh, a lot of divide going on right now. We're trying to trying to keep a light head, you know, trying to stay positive through this whole thing. You know, at, at least that's what's going on on my end. Uh, yeah. You got a project coming up. What what are you working on? Well, you know, I, I, I've written one script and it's in uh, – a Chinese investors hands and um, I got another script going and uh, it's just uh, uh, the script is like a father and son project and mm -hmm. um, you know I just want to talk get with my investors in Vietnam and you know got the whole country supporting me so I'm just looking forward to getting started in the meantime you know mm -hmm. I was um, just got uh, my NRA, NRA you know guns um, you know gun training certificate 
uh, started training some um, classes for you know uh, people and then then the COVID shutdown happened and then now mm-hmm. we're doing a, a few privates here and there but um you know it's just been crazy just uh you know it's it's uh yeah. tough when you have to deal with people and you can't really work with big groups at once you know yeah it's got to be tough you know especially in, in your industry you know you're an actor stunt director and obviously you know i got a lot of extras around a lot of people around you know the production crew uh so yeah it's got to be tough on you know on you you know especially uh with with all this going on has like has hollywood done anything differently like to at least still get projects moving along or they've taken every precaution possible i think they're just taking every you know precaution possible you know i I know the bigger budgets uh budget movies are going uh but you know you got to be on the quarantine then you have to do tests and stuff like that so um you know like what i'm doing is more like independent uh more mm-hmm. um self uh, uh well you know teaming up with some investors you know smaller film but more artistic and mm-hmm. uh dynamic where you know i can really have more creative control and stuff like that yeah that's big creative control is huge you know yeah. i i like I do this podcast and I, I love having the control to do what I want with it, you know? So yeah. I, I agree, you know, you, you have that sense of freedom. And I think that's a great thing to have, especially when you're an artist, you know, who wants to be yeah. constrained and told what to do. <laughs> well, right now we're all t- being told what to do. Stay home, <laughs> wear a mask and, uh, and uh, you know, um, a zinc and uh, these other antibiotics don't help. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Everybody's trying some home remedies and all this stuff. You know, I, I, I'm grateful. At least it's cool that, you know, like me and you, we could interact right now. At least, you know, we're, this is definitely following social distancing protocols. So yeah, at definitely. least we could do things like this, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, I am super interested in in your story because I, I know a little bit about your story. Uh, I don't like to dig too deep in, into people. I want to talk to you and get to know you live. But uh, I, I do understand you were born in Vietnam and you, and you got out of there during a very difficult time. Uh, and you've made an amazing life for yourself here in the United States. Uh, so you grew up in Vietnam. How, how long did you live in Vietnam for? I was uh, almost three before I had to leave, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, during the time when I was, uh, um, when I turned three, you know, three refugee camps, a sponsor in Monterey, and then finally, you know, got um, got a home in San Jose, and then uh, my grandfather. We are that typical family that, you know, um, you know, a dozen people, four rooms, but um, two of the rooms is uh, one is my grandparents, other ones my uh, great grandmother and aunts in one room, and uncles in the other room, and you know, my wow. mom was the oldest aunt, and you know, um, with me, I was with aunts, so it was uh. You know, it was, it was rough, you know, it's, uh, you know, you don't have that much room because, you know, everyone has, you know, their clothes and makeup and all over. <laughs> I just remember those times where, you know, it, it is what it is. You're That's just the way you grow up. And, um, and you know, I, I just feel blessed to be where I'm at now. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, my kids are uh, healthy and my family's um, doing good, you know, and, uh, you know, I started a new journey with my uh, wife now uh, sunshine spring and even awesome. with with her it's uh, like a um it's, it's a fight because we're up against corruption in kentucky you know yeah. so it's it's like um 
it's like I'm fighting the two-headed dragon. Everyone's all like, hey, come, you miss fighting? I sure do miss fighting. You know, I love it when I was able to do it. Now I'm up, I'm fighting for the fighters because, mm-hmm. as you know, UFC, you know, um, compared to boxing, there's the Mom Dolly Act that protects the boxers, but then there's no, no one protecting the, the UFC fighters. And, you know, and I know everyone's, you know, starting to make a good living and all the top guys, but then the, what about the lower guys who are up and coming and, you know, and, and, and a lot of the fighters really don't understand that, you know, it's, uh, if, if, if a company doesn't have a fighter, um, uh, you know, a production company or a, a promotion company, mm-hmm. they, if they don't have the right fighters or if they don't have the fighters, they're not going to make any money. They're no, they're nothing without the fighters and, mm-hmm. and the fighters, I wish they can, you know, I know they have to make a living, but some, some, somewhere everyone's going to have to stand up and then, you know, draw the lines because if a company is making 85% on your blood, on your sweat and on your, you risking your life, mm. all fighters should be compensated a lot better than that. You know, at least, you know, 70, 70% of what boxers are making, you know, but you know, it is what it is. And, and I'm fighting for them. Uh, you know, um, I, I saw two fights and they actually offered me a, another 18, um, 18 month, another six fight deal. But I, I decided, you know, I got my, my um my youngest son at the time who want who wants to fight who wants to train and wants to be that you know um mma fighter Mm -hmm. i didn't want him to have to go through the same thing then you know uh, everything that surrounded my last fight you know um from from uh you know not getting a fair shake with Mm -hmm. you know what they threw me under the bus with and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. so I just said, you know what, I'm going to stand for all the fighters. Someone's got to do it. And there's already a group of fighters like John Fitch and, you know, Brandon Vera and Nate Corey. And just there's a there's a lot of fighters that know what's going on. And, you know, everyone know know what what their worth is. And mm-hmm. and, you know, someone's just got to do it. And I was in the position where I was able to do films. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have to depend on fighting. Uh, even though at the time fighting paid me the most, um, I was able to do that, and and I'm st- we're still here. We're still fighting, you know, almost five years later, uh, but we're closer than ever. Then COVID hit, and so we're just being patient and uh, being like that sniper and waiting for That's the right. right chance to pull the trigger. That's right. You know, I, I I've seen some of some interviews in the past of you talking about. You know, fighter pay. Obviously, you've you've uh, been a fighter for the UFC. You've you've had that direct experience. You've voiced your opinion uh, publicly about the fighter pay and the situations. I personally have spoken to a few fighters as well that have been on this podcast, and they've also talked about the pay. You know, it's a big thing, and now we're starting to see it uh, more vocal. You know, we're seeing fighters during their post-fight interviews talk about pay. You know. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley rings a bell. You know, he got knocked out of the night. He got 50 G's. He wanted more money. He said he deserved more money. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, I think so, too. I think the fighters need to get paid more for sure. Um, from your perspective, from your personal experience fighting for the UFC, what was it like for you? Obviously, we don't have to talk dollars and cents, but did you feel like you were being slighted with, with the pay right out the gate? You know, um, because of my position, <clears throat> I I was uh, at the time a contract fighter under Showtime because uh, UFC had 
bought out Strike Force. Right. You know, remember this is a monopoly here. They bought out Pride. They bought out WEC, um, and then um, they they uh, they bought out Strike Force. So there's really nowhere for the fighters to go and and negotiate. You know, and there's it wasn't a fair market. So um, at the time, um, you know, for me because I love to fight, I love to compete. So it's almost like, you know, if I had the money, if it was already in the bank for me, I'd probably fight for free because I've done it for so long. I've done tournaments where I paid my own entry fees and I paid for my own airfare and I would travel and fight, you know, all over the world and represented wow. America at the Wushu, which is a Kung Fu style, full contact. Uh, we, it's called Sanda fighting. And then I flew to uh, Rome and I fought here when it was here in America and then and another time in Hong Kong. Um, and I paid for my own way. I, I did everything and I raised my own money, whether it's car washes, walking door to door, calling all my friends and mom and, and uncles and everyone saying, hey, help me out. I need to get to this, you know, need to travel to Rome and, and fight the best in the world. And, you know, and when I went to the world championships, I saw, you know, uh, the Russian team, the Chinese team, the Egyptian team, the Iranian team, everyone's like, Hey, if I, if I win the world championship, I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get a bonus six figures. I'm like, damn, you know, how come the U S is not like, like that? I didn't really understand, um, you know, understand it. But so when I did fight, I was like, wow, I'm making money when I turned pro. And so I was just happy to make the money. But then when I got with strike force, you know, I, I got paid pretty good. I was able to support my family. Mm-hmm. Then when I was doing films and fighting, you know, obviously, um, you know, I, I got a chance to, um, uh, you know, say, hey, if I'm not going to fight for the biggest company out there, then I'll just retire. So mm-hmm. I went to um, Vegas and, uh, you know, talked to Dana and uh, Lorenzo, and they, they offered me a, a contract that was worth more than what Strike Force was worth. Mm-hmm. And so I was happy with it. But then when I realized what I brought to the table in, in, um, in China, remember, I did Ultimate Fighter China, right. Tough China, right? So I wasn't just your one of the coaches. I was the guy who ran it like Dana White. But I did more than what Dana White did because I had to coach both teams because both teams were like, when we went to China, I'm like, whoa, they're way behind. They're be- behind the curve as in as in like training MMA fighters. They had okay. great jiu-jitsu coaches. They had great striking coaches. But we, I brought out my own uh, trainer too. I actually asked Javier Mendez if he was able to come and he couldn't do it because oh. of the pay couldn't afford it you know and then so uh, um, scott Sheely at the time who was training matt brown trained me and a couple of their ufc fighters um he said i'll do it for you you know because you know we, we go way back so he flew out and we like we literally saved the show i i, I helped like direct it i helped uh, like i was like some because the chinese on Lung tv never even filmed a um a reality TV before uh, there's been several times I picked up the camera. I'm like, how do you do this? You know? And then they're like, no, don't touch the camera. And you know, I, I, I always had a translator and I was trying to film it myself because there's, there's been a couple of scenes where I, I, we had to reenact it because we missed a fight. We missed something oh. that happened. And there was a couple of things that they should have put it on air anyways, but because of the Chinese censors and one of the, what one of the coaches did, it was like off limits. That would have been like huge, right? But I don't want to bring that up because, you know, I signed some stuff. But yeah. if that would have been on there, that would probably be one of the best shows because 
yeah. from the crazy highs and lows of things happening, um, it's uh, it, it would have been good. But and I did all that, and even Dana White got on. I think it was ESPN or uh, or Sure Dog and said, "Hey, but what without Kung, you know, th- we, that show would have tanked." So looking at what I brought to the table, and huh. when UFC got bought out, hmm. who put in the first offer? A Chinese investor. When I went out there, I was like, hey, Dana, I'm going to wear its clinch gear because they're paying me. So I kind of, Dana's all, no, you got to wear UFC gear. And I I said, well, I I need to make money too. So Dana put my manager, uh, Gary Barra at the time, in charge of that. And then Gary got me a a better deal for me. But I was towards the end of my clinch gear Mm -hmm. deal. And then we were able to make it work with clinch and and UFC, so I I, swore, I sported everything UFC. I was the uh, the face behind China. I, I I did like tours after the we shot the show, mm-hmm. and what I got paid for the show because I'm I'm in the I know the industry in in TV industry the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what I got paid was not even ten percent of what like like a reality, uh, uh, like a like a co like a like a second or third lead would get paid. Wow. Now, just imagine the main guy. I was like one of the main guys on the show. Right. I, I had I I was doing Dana White's job and two coaches' job, right? And I'll tell you what I got paid. I got paid five thousand dollars. You got paid. Episode. You got per paid five episode. grand for the whole thing or per episode? No, per episode. But now I'm gonna tell you what an average reality TV personality gets. Mm-hmm. You get fifty thousand. Now that's not that's not the main guy on the on the show. So during that time, I made some calls. I called. I talked to my agent. My agent's all damn. What the? What is going? You're gonna do that for that? I'm like, there's no really no choice. Yeah. And if I don't go and do that, guess what happens? Backburner. And at the time, my fight with Michael Bisping was supposed to happen in Manchester. Okay. You know, it was supposed to happen before. But guess what? When when the boss tells you to do something, you better do it. And that fight's off. You're gonna go do it. That's it. Period. So I went to go do the show, got paid what I got paid. And, um, you know, how I see it is when the first investor offered $4 billion, that made William Morris and Endeavor, they have to offer a higher bid to 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 match the or outbid the Chinese. Right. Who's the face of China at the time? Me. Yeah. So right. it's not just me, but all the whole staff. Um, that was, you know, behind the UFC in China. But who was leading the charge? I, I was always put on front after the show. Mm-hmm. How come was it Dana White doing the ten day tour and and promoting the fights? I mean, and then there was another Macau fight because after I, uh, you know, I fought Rich uh, Rich Franklin. They had Dung Young Kim, who was like the the next Asian guy who was up and coming. Right. They couldn't even sell out like five or six thousand seats. My mine was like. Uh, you know, when I fought with Michael Bisbee, they turned away people, thousands of people, thousands of tickets. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just felt like what I got paid, I was like, I was happy with. I wasn't going to complain, but I didn't yeah. know the dynamics of what mm-hmm. my value was because UFC is not going to say, look, this is what we're making. And this is what, right. you know, um, you know, the fighters are making, you know, this is what you can negotiate for yourself. I didn't have it. I was already locked onto the contract. Okay. But I, I know, hey, you know, if you're making this much, why are we not doing this? And there's a lot of missteps that they mm-hmm. they they 
could have done if they would have really focused on China because China is a big market. You know, China is a huge market. And, um, you know, um, if it was, you know, if it was up to me, I would have done um, a few things different. But I am that I am. I am just uh, I'm, you know, they you know, I, I'm just their 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 guy who is who, who leads and does everything and, you know, over there. But it's it's what I get paid and what, what they feel that I'm worth in their own mind, you know. So mm-hmm. that's why all the fighters, I don't feel that they're getting paid, you know, even close to what they should be getting paid. Like, you know, like for anyone in the main car, they should be getting paid way more, you know. Yeah, like, I agree. I yeah, agree. But, I, it's funny, you know, you brought up earlier, there, there's nowhere else for fighters to go, you know? So, like, you – yeah, there's Bellator, right? But it's not at the level one. of the UFC. That's, that's one. one. There's that's one. There aren't other options out there. And I think that – and, you know, it get the idea always gets kicked around. You brought up the Ali Act, which, of course, that helps protect boxers. But do, do you ever see a, a union for fighters getting together? I ask well, this question no, quite uh, a bit, but I'm curious to see what you say. There's been a few unions that try to pop up now. Mm-hmm. Um, MMA FA is not a union; it's an association. Mm-hmm. And Rob Macy's the guy who's behind that, and he's the one who started this whole lawsuit uh, with Carlos Newton, uh, educating him what's going on, right? right. Um, and you know, Carlos Newton was uh, a big draw for UFC back in the day. You know, he was on. He was matched up against Matt Hughes and, and, you know, and just imagine back then, can you imagine what those guys got paid? But, you know, of course we all, we all have our growing process. Right. And then all, a lot of the fighters, they understand some boxers don't make shit when they first start boxing. Right. But now if it's someone who comes in with a draw already, then you get paid more. But if the Mm -hmm. UFC is going to build you from the tough show and you get to a certain amount, kind of like all the champions now, it seems like every tough champion became UFC champion. But mm-hmm. are they getting you like, like top notch pay? Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Like I'm looking at some of these fighters, you know, um, like Usman and uh, Jorge. They just headlined mm-hmm. the show, and I'm sure they got some I great the back pay. end. They got yeah. some. Maybe they got some great back end. But they still don't know what they're worth because they don't know what UFC really makes for themselves because it's already been brought out there. It's it's like an eighty five percent to the UFC and fifteen percent to the fighters, and that's all the fighters on the that's card. Rough. Now, that's is rough. That fair? I don't think no. it's fair. You no, know, definitely not. Can, whether they think it's fair or not, and you know, like so, I've even heard some fans say, "Just be happy you're fighting for the UFC. Just be happy that you're getting." getting paid and and you're this you're getting paid six figures i'm like dude we're risking our life and you're the one watching you're the one on the couch you're the one watching these guys bleed and get stitches after or have concussions Mm -hmm. after or get choked unconscious after you you shouldn't say shit you should shut your fucking mouth excuse my vietnamese and just watch it and support (laughs) the fighters and that's how i see it and there's a lot of great fans because they know They've been educated. They've been with the sport maybe from the beginning or when it first started growing, and they they understand ooh, why is the boxers getting paid? Like, you know, like on one of my posts, I put a cowboy and um, uh, that boxer, that Mexican boxer. Canelo. Uh, Canelo. Look at, the, look at the difference. 
maybe yeah. if it wasn't so huge of a difference, or maybe it should be like five million compared to thirty-five million. It's still a big range, but if you're looking at like what four hundred thousand or even five hundred thousand, yeah. and Canelo is making thirty million plus, yeah. that's just crazy. And that ain't no back end money either, bro. That that's just that's just the, the purse right there. Yeah. It's and crazy. so if you think about it, whatever Canelo's making mm -hmm. compared to whatever you know Cowboys making, unfair. You know, like yeah. a lot of people says oh look like mcgregor's the only one who's doing it mcgregor mm -hmm. put himself in that position right and maybe he's got uh, some great managers you know i, I talked to his manager before because we were in china together mm -hmm. and they, they just know how to negotiate and mm -hmm. um you know and 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 a lot of fighters because he doesn't have to fight so he said like i'll just sit out and i'll just talk shit from the sidelines and you know try to build my my uh my my value from here but like he, cash check yeah, he doesn't even have to work anymore because no. of what he's built for himself. Well, you know, and a lot of fighters mm -hmm. don't have that opportunity to go and get a liquor brand going or have a sponsors that can pay for all their bills. Now, now just imagine all the fighters that get injured before a fight; they don't get paid. Yeah, but right but comes he, out of their the pockets. Difference. Here's the difference. Here's a promoter that cares. It's Scott Coker, right? Mm -hmm. The last show got sh canceled by because of COVID. Every single one from the janitor all the way up to the fighter got paid. And I heard the fighters got paid not only their show-up bonus, they got their sh win bonus too. Wow. That's called that's called integrity. That's called taking mm. care of your fighters, even though I'm sure they went in the negative after mm. that. But that's just how Scott Coker rolls. He cares about the fighters. He knows mm. if there's no fighters, there's no show. You know, right. but you know, certain people on the UFC side, they don't care. It's all about them. They don't, you know, if the fighters don't do, um, if the if the fighters done all this for them and they get to mm -hmm. this point, you know, I I've even heard Chuck talk about how he was unhappy with some of the situation that mm -hmm. came up. You know, so you know, whatever it is, that's other people. I'm just I I'm just explaining what's out there on the media already. So you know. That it is what it is. Yeah, man, and, and you know a lot of you know like you know look, we, fighters train. You know how it is. I mean, you sacrifice so much before you even get to the fight. You know, and then and then you're there. Uh, th yeah, the, the issue that I have with it is the fact that you know these these guys aren't getting aside from the purse. They're they're not getting they're not getting much on the back end either. They got to hustle on 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 their own for that kind of stuff. You know. Uh, I think there should be more sponsorship opportunities for the fighters. You know, I think there should be, I mean, I, I don't know how it works behind the scenes. You could, you could educate me, but there's gotta be some sort of percentage for the door concessions, uh, sales, pay-per-view buys. There's, there's gotta be some tiered system where these guys and girls could make some extra cash, man. Is there yeah, anything you know, like that at all? Uh, well, you know, I've been out of the game for, you know, a good five years now. I, yeah. I don't know what's new, what's not. Mm. But, uh, you know, back when I, when, when I was fighting, I, I know there wasn't much. And I all know, you know, like as an Asian character, when my, my character came out, a lot of Asian, Asian uh, people played my character. And there was no residuals. You know, mm. all those cards that were sold and collectors and action figures, I never saw. Maybe I saw a couple hundred dollars. But I know for a fact... They sold more than a couple hundred dollars worth of action figures, you know, or cards, you know. But 
but you know it like i said you know it's the the fighters you know like i'm doing my part and i'm trying to do as much as i could but eventually the fighters are gonna have to band together and say hey if you're gonna make 85 percent hmm. you know you know Yo, how about sucks. how about this they they do this fight island right abu dhabi right and dubai spends a shit ton of money to bring sports over you know we've seen it with boxing right we saw it with uh, i think it was what joshua and uh and the, the mexican guy uh anthony A andy ruiz then yeah. we've seen it with wrestling right they, br they they brought the undertaker out of retirement like three times already because they're paying big big bucks to these people so you know that that's that's the big question i have is like how much money did ufc make from dubai that nobody knows about but you know it's big money and when I saw like Usman get like what six hundred thirty grand for the fight, I'm like, I mean, don't That's get me wrong, bullshit. great money, but in the grand scheme of things, un I'm not going to speak for any of the top guys. You know, I, I'm sure they're happy. Yeah, you know, I hear um, um, Jorge; he was happy with what he got. Uh, but if if they understand what the Muhammad Ali Act is, it's like say say you're a promoter, and then there's Mark Cuban. It's like it's like who bids for the fights and the fighters will get will, will get to throw the fight right mm -hmm. so but there's what before you even start and the fighters get to negotiate their purse you have to show them what you have made in other shows with fighters of their own likeness mm -hmm. as a financial and then the fighters will look and say hmm talk to their manager and guess what their manager is going to say Hey, you made this much. This is what we want to make. Hmm. And that's, that's, that happens with boxing. So they, those boxers can negotiate what they can make and they're not going to like rip off the promoters because right. if they're ripping out the promoters, why are the promoters still promoting it? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like even like the biggest name, like Mayweather, he's hmm. making like 70% of everything. But yeah. why is the promoter still doing? It? Because they're still making money. Right. There's money to be made, but it's the fighters in the UFC is not making the money. They're making money. They're surviving, right. but are are they able to retire on what they made? I don't think so. I don't think so. Depending on how good they are with their money, but a lower end fighters that you know trying to make it on the on the main card and stuff like that. You know, like you said, they they ain't making much money, so. Yeah, how are they going to survive, you know? That's why I think a union would be great, man. Get some health benefits for these people. Get some, you know, you know, anything, you know, any kind of assistance, even, you know, post-career, you know, to for them to do something, you know, with their lives after their career is done. Well, well, here, here's the thing, right? What the UFC say that um, they're, they're not uh, they're like independent contractors. Mm -hmm. Come on now. I mean, if they... If they there's been there's been like other uh where dana's uh, like they're oh we're we're like the nfl now you know yeah. but nfl those guys have they they, they got their pensions they oh, yeah. got their their profit sharing you know if they if they make it to the playoffs or super bowls they're all getting paid more mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of almost sad that the bench warmers are making more than you know the a high percentage of the UFC roster, the yeah. bench warmers, you know, that's true. That's true. So. 
Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, is there anything that you're doing actively, like behind the scenes, to to get a union going or or well, anything I'm, like I'm that? Part of, uh, I'm part of MMAFA. We okay. already got over fifty plus signatures from Washington from Congress, and you know, as as we are all waiting patiently to see what this COVID, um, uh, this this COVID is gonna. Uh, how it's going to play out in America, mm -hmm. um, which is all waiting, you know, um, yeah. I, I don't see it changing much, you know, um, you know, because if, if you really, really kind of dig down the rabbit hole, I mean, there's like, if you guys, uh, go check out, you know, like all the, the real press, uh, on social media, you'll mm -hmm. see there's a group of doctors that recently just went to DC and says, Hey guys, um, uh, I don't know what's it. It's I know there's um, the they're saying zinc and hydroxy something. It's like a like a like an antibiotic or um, a Z pack. Okay. All that that's the cure. That's the cure. And these doctors have hands on hands on like with COVID, you know, patients. And there's this one um, you know um, lady from Atlanta. She's a doctor, and she's like, I've had over. 350 um covid patients zero death zero wow. death so it's you know it is what and that, it is and that's and all from that z pack z, the z pack with and zinc and then there's another antibiotic uh, hydroxy something um okay. i don't know exactly the name of it but i, I know it's the, the z pack you know so yeah i heard um, something about like the it's like is an anti-inflammatory involved too, and that helps with the COVID nineteen. Yeah, uh, I hear a lot of different things about it, but I did I did hear something about that. I didn't know it was a Z pack though. Yeah, well, okay. you, you, everyone, you just got to do a little research, and you understand, you know. And of course, it's 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 like the flu, but I got this mm -hmm. uh, chart right. Here's leukemia, way on top. Mm -hmm. It kills more people in a week than all. Like, there's a list of like thirty. And COVID is down there like uh, fifth from the bottom. Yeah, I saw that the, the uh, recovery rate's like 99.4% or something like that. Yeah, you know, but they're just not is, focusing on that. It's the fear factor. It's not the yeah. COVID factor. They want us to all be in the fear factor, and they want to mm -hmm. see who is compliant, who's going to wear the mask, who right. is social, distance, social distancing, you know? So, uh, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. I know they they uh, they want to control the sheep. You know that's the way I say. Yeah. It. You know yeah. they they and want then, to. And and the crazy thing is what COVID has done, because whoever master plan this is to put it into, you know the American and at, at one point the world and mm -hmm. how come Vietnam only has three hundred and something cases and zero death and then a lot of the other countries you know, that are independent, you know, and not part of that, you know, that one world thing that I yeah. see that's going, you know, pretty soon, what, what are you going to do as, as, you know, if you, you can't travel without a vaccine and, uh, you know, um, you, I'm sure all you guys heard of the vaccine. They, they talk, it's only, it's an option that if you want it, you can put the chip in it. Come on, man. That's, that's the mark of the beast right there. Yeah, man. You want to take that? No, thank you. Yeah. No, so, thanks. So what if that starts into play? What's going to happen? 
what's going to happen? You're probably going to have a, like, you're going to have some craziness happen. Sure. You know? So we're, we're seeing a lot of it now too in society, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's distracting. We got protests, we got riots, we got obviously this disease that's, you know, and, yeah, you know, I, I've seen it on the news. You know, they'll say like other countries, they don't have the, the, the testing the way we have. And that's why our numbers are bigger. You know, they're, they're I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I got to watch what I say sometimes, but I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of this whole, this whole COVID-19 thing. I think that uh, a lot of it is, is really like a, we're all test subjects right now. That's how I feel this whole thing is. I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand your position, but like no. someone like me, I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying it's it's my fact. I'm just stating other people's facts, you know. So, how can they do me wrong? I'm just saying this is what I saw, and it's on the press. It's on social media. Mm -hmm. I saw it, you know. I saw it on Brandon Vera's site. He he dropped it, and I saw the whole the whole the whole thing that's 45 minutes long. These doctors are out there proving their case that this there is a cure, hmm. while. The, I don't know who it is saying there is no care. It's going to be like this forever. Well, eh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm optimistic at least, right? You know, I want to obviously think things are going to go back to normal eventually, but uh, I don't think they're ever going to be the same. You know, this has kind of gotten drawn on too long. You know what I mean, Kung Lee? So I think yeah. it's, uh, I think that this is more of like an adjusting period for society and moving forward. I think we're going to, see a lot of this happening there's a lot more darker stuff that's going on out there yeah if you guys don't you know i mean it, it is it messes with your head when you really dig into it and a lot of people are like i don't want to hear it i don't want to see it i'm just want to live my life but man it's, it's it's like try not to turn a blind eye because racism uh a, a crime is up i mean mm -hmm. home invasions uh, just recently uh, a 80 something year old uh, Asian lady got lit on fire. I mean, it, everything that you can see that like you watch on the movies that has like talk about like, you know, like things like this is happening. Yeah. And if you turn a blind eyes, nothing's ever going to change. So yeah. if you post about it, you're doing something about it. If you talk about it, you're doing something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just me as a you know I, I i have a lot of people following me on um you know facebook and instagram and mm -hmm. and twitter and i thank you for all, everyone's support but i should also want you to know and understand if you do a little research you 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 don't have to live so much in fear because now you know there is a cure there are, are antibiotics wow. that you can take even zinc will help you know so and you know there there's a lot of things that are hidden, like what's going on with the UFC and the fighters pay. No one knows about that because we don't know exactly what what the UFC is doing mm -hmm. to hide all this from all the main fighters that pay and put money into the, the top executives' pockets. Though the, the fighters are the one who's bleeding. They're fighting and they're getting like, it's like, the high level of these guys, it's like they're getting hit by trucks and they're trying to kill each other to entertain people. But at the same time, yep. the reason why they do do it, yes, they love it. And they probably do it for free, but if they had the money to do it for free, they would do it. Mm -hmm. But they, they're they doing it also 
they still have to feed their kids. Like, you know, like what I saw Usman saying, you know, I, I wish this, this COVID stuff will go away. I, I, I want to take my daughter to Hawaii. Like he's thinking about his daughter. So, you know, he's thinking about her future. Right. But like what he's getting paid, he still has bills to pay. And I'm sure he's giving his daughter a little bit for her future. But for for a main event like Jorge and him should be like, yep, he, she's set for college. This fight. She's yeah, coming. of course. You know, I'm just going to be around when when it's uh, when her prom comes around because I'm just going to put my foot up. Come here, son. Have a seat. But <laughs> you can't talk like that. You you really can't. You can be like, when's my next fight? I got to keep making that money. I got to make sure that her, her kids are taken care of. It's kind of sad, you know, while all the top execs at UFC, they're set, they're buying like yachts and, and they're, they're, they're flying on jets that would cost more than all the undercards pay yeah. just paying for their fuel to fly to the event and, and everyone's flying coach. You Makes know, you think, well, except, yeah. Except the, the 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 main cards and whoever's smart, as in the fighters. I know who you guys are. You guys got great managers, getting you guys business class and stuff like that. I had to fight for it back in the day. Wow. I fought for my business class because mm -hmm. I said I refuse to fly coach. Because when you get over there, it's not like I get to sleep a day. As soon as I get off the plane, they're working me. So yeah, yeah. You got to get yeah. You got to be comfortable, man. You can't yeah. be all like up out of shape with coach, man. Soon as I get off the plane, I don't. I, I'm not that prima donna. I flew. I flew coach all over the world to fight all over the world. But I knew when I got there as an amateur fighter, I had a week before I had a fight, so I had time to recover. Right. With UFC, you get off the plane, you're working. Yeah. You are well, me, because in China, you go over there. Their time, you get off the plane. Sometimes I'm like, hey, can we stop? I need a quick bite. You know, yeah, there's a McDonald's and I never eat McDonald's. I need some like chicken McNuggets. I'm about to pass <laughs> out, you know, so that's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it is what it is, but you know, and I'm glad the fighters are making a little bit more, but guys, mm -hmm. I, all, all the fighters, if you guys are listening to this, you guys are worth a lot more and I'm fighting for you and John Fitch and all the rest of the guys, Nate and Brandon and Rob Macy, we're all fighting for you. MMAFA, we are fighting for you guys. And um, we hope justice and fairness will come out of this lawsuit. Lawsuit, And if you look at it, it is like a group of fighters, but it says Kung Lee versus UFC. We are mm -hmm. all fighting for you guys, and we want fairness for you guys. And I want fairness if my son ever makes it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want him to fight, but, man, he's just like he's that kid that wrestles and fights. And, and I tell him, no headshots today. And I'm looking over, and he's like trying to knock the other guy's head off. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> But it is what it is. But I am fighting for all you guys, and um, hopefully uh, you guys get what you guys deserve. Because if you guys are boxers, you guys make be making a lot more. But you are not. You're an MMA fighter, and you are top of the food chain. Because I tell you right now, best boxer coming to MMA, ah man, it, it's ah. like a 99 percent chance that they're gonna lose. Right. There's that one percent of lucky punch, right. and it doesn't matter what weight you are. You know, even the lightest of MMA guys take you down. They yeah. they got you down. They're gonna sink in that choke or lock up your arms or snap off your ankles. It's just it's just a different level of fighting because right. when you have to deal with getting punched, kick, knee, all levels and submissions yeah. and ground and pound and cage control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different. I, I love boxing. Sweet science. 
and everything, but there's two different athletes. Two different. Here's 100%. boxing athlete. Here's gladiator, the modern day gladiator. That's mm -hmm. what MMA fighters. That's yeah. what I I am. Even though I'm retired, I'm still that. I can that's still right. put people on their heads. You know. So, Same right. Yeah. Now you were you were inspired by Rocky Balboa. I heard. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I used to watch all the Rockies when I was growing up. You know. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, but I, def I definitely, you know, because of his face getting jacked up like that, I was like, man, I don't want to do it. In my last fight, Michael Bisping did me up pretty good. My face is worse than Rocky Balboa's, and I, you know, <laughs> and then there are some great warrior pictures. But the crazy thing is, I don't have the rights to it. You know, you know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna uh, use yeah. it, if I, I'm gonna use it on like say a documentary, guess what? Guess who's who's gonna have to shell out some money to use it? That's just crazy. Yeah, it is. It's my face. My bruises, my you know, my bulges and cuts and blood, it's mine. But I still have to pay yeah. for it. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. It's a, it's such a, it's such a crazy industry business. The way everything works, you know, copyright yeah. restrictions, all this craziness, man. That's yeah. uh, that's nuts. How old is your son? Um, my my youngest is um, fifteen, and yep. then my oldest is nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And which one's fighting? The nineteen-year-old? No, the fifteen. The fifteen-year-old. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got them both training. We recently just got done uh, on um, uh, on Saturday. I took them out, and we were in the hills somewhere in Hollister. Mm -hmm. And uh, we it was in conjunction with uh, 911 Academy and, um, uh, you know, Danger, uh, Danger Close, and then uh, Bay Area uh, Tactical. Okay. We all joined up, and we had this crazy training. And, and then um, these uh, special forces uh, – um, his Chad and his team, they literally, because my, cause I, I, you know, they said I did a great job with my kids and, you know, mm -hmm. there was a group, but the only team that they're going to run with is my team. And literally it was live fire. They had explosive, of course, without shrap metal blowing up yeah. around us. And we were like, they, they wanted to give us an experience where if someone was on patrol in Iraq or something, right. Mm -hmm. So we're walking and things are blowing up and we're like, we're gunfighting live live rounds and wow. it was it was intense and my sons got to experience that and they did a great job you know um i can't wait to share the video there's a couple times where my youngest when he was peeling to the left and he was turning around i was like i grabbed the gun i'm all guns high because <laughs> he's like turning he's, he was so like anxious to rich i grabbed this gun i turned i was like oh shit you know so it was, it was uh it was fun you know but um yeah so the picture you posted was that today that picture you posted on no, that was uh just this saturday you know and uh okay yeah yesterday i was I, I was out of it well we were so tired we were there we left at 8 30 we didn't get home till like one in the morning because you know like wow. just all the different training the just um you know the the lectures and the different scenarios and then you know the the different drills that we got to to do as you know like you know being in a gunfight and transition drills from ar to handgun on. Mm -hmm. my son's got to run the shotgun the ar then their their then their sidearm and then and and during that time you know between me and chad and his instructors we're breaking things down to my kids it's, it's about like hey you know we we might be doing this but this is the worst case scenario if you, if you ever have to use a gun you know usually right. you know be, before anything happens the first thing you need to use is your situational awareness right mm -hmm. then after that it's just to avoid it if you see 
there's problems or issues if you're able to avoid it and you're able if you're not a, a, if you're were not able to avoid it and if that person's in standing in front of you and you have to draw your your gun to protect your family you kind of did something wrong because right. I, you could have easily maneuvered away from it but sometimes mm -hmm. it just happens when they're looking for it and they they pick you as the target and and you become that victim um, you are, you, you become your first responder because it happens to you first. Like, you know, a lot of, like, like now that I'm teaching some guns and a lot of people like, well, the police are the first responder or the law enforcement is the first responder. Nope. It's happening. You, you are your first responder. So right. I'm trying to, you know, like all parents around the world, they want the best education for their kids. Right. But the best education right now is survival in the world we live in because there's racism there's always been racism but the yeah. elevated because of the covid and everything that's going on home invasion if you yeah. if you don't know you're being followed you are that easy prey that easy yeah. victim and between bat tactical and 9-11 we're all trying to collaborate to spread more knowledge to people who fall easy prey who mm -hmm. are the sheep and who should work on being the hard target instead of being the easy victim because people are now in San Francisco, this lady who had Tesla, who had four angles, she pulled up and two guys came to, you know, to the right and to the left. And then mm -hmm. one guy came uh, behind her. She was just able to maneuver out of it, you know, mm -hmm. but what if the car in front of her was stuck? She's trapped in her car. And first thing's going to happen is that they're going to break her window mm -hmm. and like you got, you almost got to put your mindset as what would you do to take over this car? So naturally, if you're gonna, if, if it was me, I'm already gonna hit the the window with something that just smashes the window. Reach in, grab her, pull her out, and then take her purse or whatever it is. You almost got to think that way so you can defend it and what to do when it happens. You know, so mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, a lot of crazy, and, and everybody's got to be prepared. I think everybody should have a piece in their house. You never know. You know, there's a home invasion. You got to be ready to defend yourself and and your property because we don't know what's going to happen. All these protests going to escalate. Are they going to calm down? You know, I think uh, I think it all depends on what the uh, what the government wants to do. Really. Well, you know, the government really works for us. So it's we how we voice and how we mm -hmm. execute things and how we petition things. You know. It's not about running out and protesting right now because I mm -hmm. think it's too way too dangerous. But yeah. you can also vote and you can also petition and you can, you know, um, there's a lot of extra things like like in California. How ridiculous is that? You know, like I, I hear you can't even sing in church or you can't even go to church and right. you know even something with Bible studies. You know how how is that? You know that sounds d demonic to me. You know. Yeah. That's like yeah. the work of the devil right there. So, um, you know, and, and I, I know a lot of people don't believe in God, but then there's a lot of people that do believe in God. And mm -hmm. if you believe in God, you better believe there is a devil and he's at work right now. He he's oh, yeah. kicking up his heels and, um, you know, grow that faith and, uh, you know, know that God's there. If you accept him and if you pray to him and mm -hmm. you have faith in him, because, you know, God, you know, in front of you, no one can stand against you. That's how I see it. Uh, when it's your time, it's your time. You know, so don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. You got to live your life um, with integrity and to help people. And of course, you got to help yourself first before you can help anyone. But, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to help someone, help someone. Don't turn that blind eye. 
that's how I see it, you know, and, um, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I appreciate your insight on it, man. Cause uh, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that. I do have, uh, I just want to change gears a little bit. I got some uh, questions from the fans. Sure. You'd like to answer some. Love the fans. Uh, awesome. I got, uh, let's see. I got one from Anthony Cruz. Anthony says, does Kungli remember back in 97, we were supposed to fight an MSG in New York, but for some reason the fight fell apart. You know what? Um, it's been a, it's been a long time. There's been a lot of, I've had, I've had a lot of fights that didn't go through and, you know, I've had a lot of fights that did go through, but you know, if it's, if it was one of those where, um, you know, I, I had to go and pay my own way. I don't remember those because those days are long gone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been punched a few times in the head too, you know. <laughs> so, uh, okay, this is kind of going back to our previous conversation about the pay, but uh, Trevor Peter says, how much do you think UFC fighters should get paid per fight, and do you think they should get a salary like other sports? Uh, you know, um, I think – the fighters are not like any other sports. We are, we are like modern day gladiators, right? So um, I, I do believe one thing that the fighters should have option is their own sponsorship, and they should be able to wear their own sponsorship without paying into the UFC. Kind of like what Bellator does. Hey, you have a sponsor, great, you can wear it. You can do whatever you want with it. Do whatever, wear whatever you want, as long as it's not, you know like a negative brand right yeah. or promoting cigarettes or something um mm -hmm. but i i just i just um believe that like a, a fighter should know his fair value and yeah. know the market and be able to have be able to be bid on by other promotions for a fight for a title fight or a champion versus champion or a contender versus contender you know or a uh you know, a country popular fighter from a country versus another popular fighter from a country, whatever the promoters do, do now mm. the promoters can bid for the bid for the fights. And I think that's, that's very important that if they had that, which the Muhammad Ali act would totally would, that would work, that would happen. But, mm. you know, as you know, you know, even the rankings in the UFC and even when strike force was around none of the strike force fighters were ranked but mm -hmm. sure look at all the fighters now that was from strike force right yeah we're, and, and we're seeing like uh, yeah even like in the bantamweight division like uh marlon Marais, he's he's ranked one but yet he didn't get the title shot for the for the vacated belt so you know it makes you think about that too yeah you know what, what's the agenda there uh let's see uh I remember when you broke Frank Shamrock's arm with your kicks. How did that feel? <laughs> uh, you know, that, that fight was so intense, and yeah. I, I came in really good shape. I prepared. Uh, actually, I got a chance to, like, take a week off before the fight, like three and a half weeks before the fight, because I actually had an opportunity, and I didn't get stopped. My promoter's all like, hey, please, whatever you do, don't get injured. Um, I got to play martial law in a movie Tekken, right? The game Tekken. Yeah. And cool. uh, my part was supposed to be a little bit bigger, but you know, since they kept pushing, pushing, it got to a point where I said, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do it if we don't do it now. And I said, I only got a week. So they shot all my scenes out in, in, in a week. And the last day of the shoot, um, you know, cause we were doing the fight scene <laughs> early in the fight scene, I got clipped and then 21 stitches and, Ooh. you know, I continued 
through it, pushed through it. Then after that, I went to get stitches and I flew back home. And then I had brought Javier Mendez out with me, but he already had left because the last day he says, we are not, we are not going to be hitting no pads. I'm going to fly home. Okay. There's other fighters that he had to, uh, you know, attend to. Mm-hmm. So when I got back, he's like, "What the hell happened? Why? <laughs> I didn't see stitches the day before." I was like, "Sorry, uh, yeah, accident, right?" So, you know, but I did, I did from that because I got a chance to rest and I mm-hmm. trained so hard up into that time. And by three and a half weeks, I didn't get a chance to like really spar hard, so my body was fresh. I I didn't feel tired. I was like every round I was ramping up and I was getting stronger nice. per round. And, you know, um, it was, it was, uh, one of the most amazing fights. I just remember the, the one, uh, thing that I do remember is like, I started out with some wheel kicks and Frank tipped me over and ducked underneath of my wheel kicks. I come back. I remember obviously I told you no wheel kicks. How come you doing wheel kicks? I said, I couldn't hear you because it was like <laughs> death thing. It was so loud. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. I told you beforehand. I'm like, okay, sorry. I, I, <laughs> He must have hit me really good. It was funny. It's the banter that we had back and forth. He's all, no, just go out there and score points. And I was like, I'm going to try to break his arm. And in my head, I was thinking that. And guess what? I broke his arm. Broke his arm, man. Yeah. Wild stuff, man. Such a great fight. Uh, what movies are you working on right now? Well, you know, it's, it's been about two years since I've worked on any movies. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I've turned down plenty of projects. I just feel like. You know, um, two years ago, I uh, on this site where there was a lot of voting going on, and Donnie Yen got best hero, and I got best mm-hmm. villain. So I feel like, man, I, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue to be this villain and play the Yakuza or the Chinese mobster or the villain that everyone kills? And I said, no, you know what? I'm going to learn how to write. And at mm-hmm. that time, I already started learning. And I said, I'm going to produce my own projects, and I'm going to do my own thing. And if the right projects from Hollywood or an independent production comes up then then i'll do it and there's been projects come up but i just haven't had a chance to in, enjoy any of the reads for, for the characters that they want me to play so i just said you know what i'm i'm in a position where i don't have to take anything so i'm not gonna do it and then uh you know i think my agent's mad at me that you know he hasn't like called me or anything so no big deal um but you know I, I'm, I'm i'm happy where i'm at i, I i've written like um, three scripts, one as um, a father's son, and then one as an action, as an agent um, from Vietnam, and then uh, one as a TV series where the movie from the father and son will turn into a, a TV series, and it talks about the balance of power between cool. heaven and hell, and that happens on Earth. I so, like that. Yeah. I would definitely check that out, man. There was yeah. a guy uh, that he, he wrote his own script, too. He did his own thing, and uh, his name was Sylvester Stallone. I think he did pretty oh, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. You're, you're, you're right there, man. You got that, that inspiration from him. Yep. That's right. Name game. So this is a game where I throw some names at you and you just tell me the first word that comes to mind. All right. Play it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dana White. Pass. (laughs) Scott Coker. Love the guy. Integrity and, um, true martial artist slash promoter. What's up? Conor McGregor. Hey, uh, you know, smart, witty, and um, yeah, he's made it. That's what's up. That's what's up. I I, I always got to throw this out because he's he's all over headlines right now. Mike Tyson. Uh, you know what? Hey, I did you not see Mike Tyson hit the mitts? Ooh, you know, scary. Yeah, so this is that's scary. 
I want to be able to pass that when I'm 53, right? So <laughs> I know my Me kids too. will be that way. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Right. Definitely they will, man. So what you got? What's uh so what any anything coming up next as far as obviously we talked about movies, but uh anything coming up for you media wise or anything with your sponsors or anything like that? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I've been working with the uh, Bay Area Tactical and Evoke mm -hmm. Tactical, and then uh, now I'm, um, you know, collaborating with Nine Nine Eleven Academy, and we're just trying to make uh, people be more, you know, better as in, as in like, uh, you know, people to help them become hard targets, right? And right. it's just the world we live in, and I think, uh, you know, I'm gonna share more knowledge on, you know, like, you know, uh, bladed weapons, and you don't have mm -hmm. to be a knife fighter to 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 will a blade if you've done cardio kickboxing and then you can check out my uh youtube page okay. you know i just put it on there just so other people can educate themselves if you have a knife in reverse position if you throw a punch and if you know how to throw like because you've done cardio kickboxing now just imagine two blades in your hand even though you got it from your kitchen mm -hmm. and you're throwing combos at someone with the blade and then all you have to do is if you don't want to hit them with your hand hit them with the blade Look what the damage you can do. I believe that puts you at the advantage whether you're a girl or not. Because if I see, you know, some girl and I'm like this, like predator, I'm trying to attack this girl. And she's throwing combos at me with blades. I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm going to hightail out of there. I'm not going to mess around and try to shoot right. a double and get double stabbed, you know. So, so I'm you know, you. and then I got my own line of pepper spray coming out. It's a military grade. It's, it's called fight or flight, kind of the same as a, you know, I, I have an Instagram handle called Fight or Flight Official, um, and and um, you know, we, we a lot of people don't want to fight, don't want to carry a gun. So you mm -hmm. might as well carry. We have big like fire extinguisher, pepper spray type. You, you walk around, you definitely gonna you're gonna make a statement. You're walking around with that because wow. and that shoots far. It, even if wind is going against you, that will hit someone. So wow. um, I got that coming out and. Uh, that's in conjunction with uh, Bay Area Tactical, you know. So my partner uh, Dennis Ho, he's uh, he's uh, he's always you know uh, always one to you know give give it a try and always you know taking care of me. So I appreciate you know everyone from you know the Bay Area Tactical side and Evoke Tactical and now 9/11. You know with those guys, um, you know learning and all the the shooters I've learned with in the past. You know I, I'm I'm grateful and I'm able to. You know, teach it back to my kids and now you know on the field with you know civilians yeah tech text me um the uh the ig handle i'll check okay. that out i'll share some of the the posts on on my platform for you awesome thank you very much yes yeah of course man well it was a Kung Lee, it was a pleasure to have you on tonight this hour flew by man it went it went so quick but uh, i appreciate you taking the time to be on mma on censor man it was an honor to have you tonight Thanks for having me. Thank you, God, for the opportunity. And uh, everyone, be, be safe out there. Be kind to the people who are kind to you. And always be ready. That's right. Always be ready. Master Kong Lee, thank you again, my friend. All right. You have a great one. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Master Kong Lee, the guy, amazing guy. What a fun guy to talk to. I really enjoyed myself tonight. Uh, and I hope you guys did too. I'm sure you did. Very knowledgeable man, uh, very accomplished, and and I and I love these success stories, man. They're they're, they're unbelievable. Shout out to sponsor Hemp Boca Baby 
for all your CBD needs, baby. They are the number one in the game. You got to check them out. They got this post-workout massage oil. It's unbelievable. So after your training is done, you get your girl, your guy to rub you down after. I promise you, like new, I do it. I take it. You got to do it too. So check them out. And if you use coupon code MMA, you get a special discount from yours truly. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, again, it, it was a pleasure. Uh, and an honor to have Kung Lee on. Uh, next week, we're going to have something very interesting. So uh, stay tuned for the announcements. But, uh, guys, happy Taco Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed your tequila and tacos or whatever you're doing tonight. Remember, masks, hand sanitizer, wash your hands, social distance. Follow all the rules, guys. Follow those rules. All right. Have a great night, guys. Take care.